Hi, and welcome to Good Ideas from your pals at Ideas Incorporated. My name is Brian Ringer, a wordsmith and big idea guy. At Good Ideas, we're starting from the idea that credit unions do a lot of good in the world and are also a strong and sustainable business model. So we're exploring the good ideas, both inside and outside the credit union world, that can do a lot of good while also being very good business. Uh, today, I have the privilege and the honor of speaking with a credit union extreme aficionado, educator, thought leader, <laughs> disruptor, and advocate, uh, Dan Marquez. Dan, welcome. Oh my gosh, Brian, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I, I've never been introduced um, in such a wonderful way, so thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Dan, I want to compliment you on one of the most brilliant ideas I've ever heard of which is combining drag performance with credit unions. And, and, and we'll, we'll get to the meaty stuff later, but this is just awesome. The instant I heard of Madame Nymphadora, um, hostess of the Woke Ass People podcast, which is great. The instant I heard of her, I was like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. <laughs> so, I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and I, I guess the thing, and, and yeah, if you want to tell us a little bit more about Madame Nymphadora, and where she came from, and, uh, and a little bit about that, do you know? Feel free. For sure, absolutely. Yeah, Madame Nymphadora, um, she's a credit union development educator, um, and actually a credit union development education project. Um, so I went through the CUDE program back in April of 2018, best class ever. Um, and had the honor of learning from uh, Bert J. Hash, um, was my mentor uh, during CUDE. Met some really fabulous people, uh, was so inspired by the program and, and the takeaways of putting all of our, our passion and our work uh, for credit union members back into our communities and what we can do when we, when we leave DE, when we get our certification, you know, what do we do? And I knew that I wanted to combine uh, LGBT sciences, if you will, with the credit <laughs> union movement. And um, it wasn't, but maybe a year later, I was back in Madison uh, at the Young Professionals Conference. And one of my uh, DE classmates who lives in Madison, we went to dinner, it was on my birthday, and he was asking me, um, you know, what do you want to do? What's your, what's your plan? And I it just was kind of word vomit. I was like, you know what, Kelly, I really, I want to do drag. I want to, I want to throw on a wig and lipstick. And it just kind of came out of my mouth. And he was like, okay, I'm on board. What do you want to do with that? And um, around that time, one of my good friends here in Lincoln, Nebraska, where I live, was founding um, the Nebraska chapter of Drag Queen Story Hour. And I just thought, what a really wonderful way of connecting with community and connecting with kids um, to share messages and stories of inclusivity and sharing love and kindness that I thought that's a really wonderful platform that could really evolve um, over time. So it kind of started with this little seed being planted of creating a drag persona that's a development educator um, that can express the credit union movement and educate folks on that. I thought that there was such a need for that. And um, over time, there was just a shaping and sharpening of 
what exactly madam's gonna do um and you know sometimes i still scratch my head of like what is she doing like how does this even make sense but you know i think like uh you know one thing we talked that you and i talked about in a prelim conversation was like it's it's a crazy concept right like it's something that nobody has like been like let's let's mix drag and credit unions and that's what i love out of drag is it's such a beautiful artistic expression that through the art form of drag we can connect with audiences that goes deeper than just the credit union movement that just takes us deeper to like it's all about the human and regardless of anyone's social or economic background you know we are all in this movement together so madam nymphadora is here today and as you said the hostess of woke ass people featuring none other than who dan is and i know that there's more people out there who are storytellers <laughs> advocates and disruptors so that's where she is today just spreading the good word that's awesome. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of one of those things is you can't go wrong with real passion and, and combining two or more passions. It just always seems to work, you know, and, yeah. you know, it, it's all it's it's positive. It's about people and, and love and communication and things like that. Um, yeah, and the drag queen story hour, you know, everybody's familiar with that. And, and why not educate adults as well? You know, I mean, that's <laughs> like I said, it, it's one of those instantly, like I never would have thought of that, but it's instantly was, was a great idea in my book. So I really wanted to, and, and <laughs> thanks for <laughs> telling the story. <laughs> yeah. One, one of the, one of my notes I had written down in here is drag Queens are like bacon. They make everything better. So. Uh, <laughs> oh, I totally agree with that. I totally do. I've never heard that. I might, yeah. I might borrow that. <laughs> yeah feel free and i'm kind of wondering what other industries really need drag queens you know i mean come on it, it just seems like somebody should have thought of this before you did but i guess they didn't <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah absolutely maybe maybe the lumber industry or something uh could really use a little shake up you know wouldn't that be great <laughs> yeah there's, there's got to be a way to do it someone out there yeah is, someone out there is tired of singing in bars or whatever <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and kind of the serious side of it is uh, the whole idea. That there's kind of this larger idea that I've really like. I like that I've really explored with uh, Denise in my last podcast, and with uh, is that credit unions, and it's also you know it's part of why I've been passionate about credit unions ever since I, you know, joined up in college, and that's mm -hmm. the first place I worked, and that's what I've been doing ever since. Um, but the idea of credit unions are like a real sustainable way to, to, to include everybody, to, to, to enact societal change, to get everybody access. You know, that's what they were created for is to give everybody access to financial tools. Right. Uh, that's where they came from. And, um, and, and obviously, you know, we can talk about their, you know, talk about some of the LGBT, LGBTQ lgbt community and and some other communities that still need representation that still need that that still need us to do a better job um yeah 100 percent. and i think um you know one thing that that really makes me think of you know tying intertwining uh the development education component is um you know really contrast or bringing it together with uh, Madame Nefedora too is I'm glad that you talk about the model being such a wonderful tool for sustainability um, 
in, in our communities and, and building more socioeconomic representation. And it's really what we learned um, in DE was taking a deep dive into the development issues that impact consumers, not just here in the United States, but globally. And then learning examples of uh, really fabulous modern day pioneers like Lois Kitch going into um, different parts of the world who have a really disenfranchised population of individuals and lack of uh, democratic government. And what's really wonderful about that model of the credit union movement being democratic is being able to excite and energize other people to take ownership of, of their dollar and their community essentially. And I think that that's what's um, you know so exciting about new credit unions and the, the de novo credit union movement is it's such a entrepreneurial way uh, to get more representation for individuals who just don't have that. And you're right, we can do a way better job. Yeah. Well, and, and like we can do a way better job. Um, let's, we'll spin that positively and say, there's a lot of room. There's a lot of space to grow. There's a lot of expand uh, or a lot of uh, room to expand and so forth. Um, and, and yeah, you've, you've, you've been deeply involved in a, in kind of this passion project with Denise Wymore and a bunch of other people. I don't, I'm really <laughs> bad at names. So I apologize for that, but, uh, to, to get de novo credit unions off the ground. Uh, she told me a little bit about, um, um, uh, Nirvana credit union yeah, and, um, and a couple of others. I don't know if they have names yet even and so forth. So yeah. It, yeah. That's are, are you, are process. you able to talk a little bit more about those? And you know, I don't yeah. know how much is secret, you know, <laughs> you know, you want everybody to you know. And me both. It's kind yeah. of like, um, you know, for a long time, uh, this has really been like a dream and a vision, um, just career-wise. Uh, I feel like I've, I've encountered and met a lot, heard a lot of stories of young professionals who are like, I want to be a CEO, because we see that that's like kind of the hierarchical structure of, mm. okay, you start at the bottom, you keep climbing, you got to get there, you got to get there. Uh, you know, we see this change in generation and leadership and what's happening. And for me, I grew up in the credit union space when, when my mom worked at a credit union and I met all these friends, um, grew up, made lifelong relationships. And I just kind of understood that, that sense of traditional community and just that sense of working together that when I had this passion ignite of wanting to start a credit union like five years ago, I was like, man, that sounds like a really awesome thing to do, not just to be a CEO of a credit union or gain that title or that clout or whatever, but it, it's always been to truly provide the opportunity for people who don't have that. And um, I definitely don't think that there's one generation over the other that has like firsthand experiences, but, um, or, or workplace or tier, wherever you are in the credit union org. But uh, Denise and I um, actually got it from her, but I, I subscribe to her mentality that those who started as a teller kind of have a little bit of a superpower in the credit union space. And I, and I truly agree with that because you just, you are empathy through and through when you are working on the front line with these members. And, um, you know, the, the idea of starting a new credit union about a year ago, this time was actually on Wocast People podcast with Chad Helmanak. And I, it, again, it was word vomit. Maybe these great ideas come from word vomit. I don't know. But um, 
I was like, I really think we need a new credit union. Like it would be my dream to start a new credit union. And uh, a friend in the space, Cynthia Campbell, listened to it, messaged me, said, Dan, that's a brilliant idea. Why aren't you doing this? This is crazy. You'd have so much support. And it was just kind of like, okay, I am going to silence those voices saying you can't do it. It's hard. It's not going to happen. There's blah, 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 blah. And it wasn't until I talked to Denise um, a few months ago that she shared, you know, in, in I3, the uh, filing program, there's a, a mentality of like, when you get a roadblock, what do you do? When you hit a brick wall, you go around it, you go through it. Like, what are we going to do here? How are we going to make this right? And just through the power of our cooperative, we just had these conversations. And now um, we have biweekly phone calls on Wednesday nights. There's a handful of us from all over the credit union space. Some of us that are, um, you know, just independent influencers, some that are uh, totally in with the grant writing process, some that are true entrepreneurs, research, development, just all, all kinds of levels. And we're coming together to share, hey, here's a community of individuals who are historically invisible and underserved. We see that there's not a financial institution that's truly getting to the nitty gritty. You know, that's yeah. truly getting down and, and saying, hey, the communities that we need to be serving, we are not even considering. So, you know, it's exciting to see this de novo credit union movement come up off the ground and get more momentum within it. And it's exciting, you know, to help people, to help educate people for the fact that, like, nobody's talking about starting a new credit union to take over existing credit unions. Yeah. We want to work together, you know. Yeah, and there there is, you know, the 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 old the old thinking is something like you know the, Denise said something. There was, they said, um, well, why would I want to help a new credit a new competitor startup? And it's like, no, no, that's not, <laughs> you know, the the yeah, that's the the thinking. Yeah, the thinking is, you know, basically this is an important part of supporting the movement, um, and this is not just a bunch of dreamers, although it is a bunch of dreamers, um, you know, you have a super serious day job yeah. <laughs> implementing stuff with correlation. Um, <laughs> let's put it that way. You know, you know, the bits and bytes and how things work. Denise has done, I don't know, you know, I don't, has she ever been a CEO? I think she's filled about every other role of credit union. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> she you know every and <laughs> these are some people with serious, serious skills and so forth. It's not just, you know, yes, it's a bunch of, yes, it's a bunch of dreamers, but this is this, this, this movement, this, this thing that's starting to happen, this grassroots thing has, has deep roots. I don't know. That's a good way to put it, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. I think of that a lot, actually, that, you know, we're all rooted around the member here. That's who we're yeah. focusing on. So yeah, I like that you said that. And she's even, you know, and, and the other thing is they're actually finding a lot of welcome, uh, you know, welcome and support from, uh, from NCUA, you know, the biggest barriers are, you know, this pile of regulations and mm -hmm. there's no process and nobody, everybody forgot where the where the new credit union application went, you know, things like that. And um, from what I've heard, they're actually getting some really good uh, supportive contacts and, and a lot of help from NCUA. It's like, yeah, you know, we kind of forgot our mission too. And, but we want to do it, you know, we want to get back to it. 
So that's a yeah. that's amazing. You know? You're you're getting the bureaucrats excited. My God, that's <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing that's work. The goal. <laughs> that, that's the goal. Yeah, and that's and that's I guess um, one of the things. I guess maybe we can talk a little bit more about is what are some of the things, I mean, I've got a lot of answers in my head, but what are some of the, some of the, the specifics and less than specific things that a DeNovo credit union can do? Like you're talking, like we were talking about Nirvana credit union Mm -hmm. and starting up, what are some of the things to do that, you know, people who are not in that community might had not ever, you know, might not have even thought of, you know, what are some of the things that, you know, the, the 1.5 billion credit dollar credit union down the street is never going to think of and never going to be able to do, or never going to, you know, what are some of those specifics just to help people get a picture? You know, I think that it's a really good question. Um, I think that one way that DeNovo specifically, and when we talk Nirvana, looking more towards an LGBT specific demographic and even taking a layer lower of looking at uh, service industry workers and sex workers in the LGBT community is that these are not only severely underserved and on paper, um, you know, in the financial market, but everywhere else. There's so much stigma around, uh, you know, LGBT communities, Asian American Pacific Islanders, African American and Black individuals, Indigenous individuals and tribes. There's so much outer stigma and that I think people look at social issues as way too hairy and scary to actually dig in and and again look that we exist as a social entity for these organizations that one thing that I think some of these larger institutions could do is get back in touch with who their roots are. I, I have always been a huge fan of select employer groups and of like the traditional credit union model, not in any exclusive way. And, and that's actually an argument that I've, I've been handed before is like, well, when you, if in today's day and age where everybody's screaming inclusivity, is it truly being inclusive to create a credit union that says you can only be? Okay, but the big but is the decade long that I've been in credit unions. I have not seen any of these existing credit unions rally together and say, we need to support this because it's the right thing to do. What I have seen are billion dollar banks do that. And so I think it, it's kind of a thing of like, in the way that I look at it is when you have a startup credit union that's more specific to an LGBT community, that doesn't mean that because that's starting that um, now there's going to be competition with that billion dollar shop down the street of marketing to those people. We all are going to serve different markets of individuals, right? And every credit union mm-hmm. has different lending practices and, and uh, procedures and how they handle business. So I think that what they could do is is hire a drag queen to come in and facilitate a workshop, connect with your with your demographic, 
one thing that I have repeatedly shared with credit union leaders is you have so many volunteer opportunities and surprisingly, you have so many young people who are also interested in being volunteers. Yeah. Create more volunteer opportunities that are outside of just a, a credit committee, a supervisory committee, the board. Try, try something new. Try something way brand new and fun and that's totally unorthodox and might yeah. sound crazy, but you know what? It's going to interest people and it's going to draw some different curb appeal that maybe we were lacking for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and again, it's somewhat under, but yeah, that it, I think it is all related. And that's something we've actually talked to and would work with some of our clients on is ways to talk to more younger people who are, you know, younger people are, these things are important to them. Inclusivity is important to them. You know, you know, being gay in high school is not a problem anymore, or at least, you know, for at least my relatives that I know, you know, they're like, oh yeah, nobody, nobody cares. But (laughs) (laughs) mind blowing, you know, Um, but yeah, getting, you know, those, those opportunities to, yeah, you're, I'm starting to talk to CEOs and to board members and so forth who are thinking about that. Like, where is this next generation going to come from? How do we get them interested? And mm-hmm. also, you look at aging memberships, you know, every year your membership average gets a year older. That's not sustainable. They're going to, you know, <laughs> going to go away. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's another you know, showing that, showing that, and just showing and displaying an inclusivity, being inclusive extends to that as well. Uh, and, and, and again, gives a lot of appeal to this younger audience that is supposedly so important, you know, this right. next generation of members, next generation of membership and getting back to that mission and passion uh, that, may have may have leaked out a little bit i don't know yeah. <laughs> i don't want to be harsh but hey, yeah i think we got comfortable I, you yeah. know i mean i i definitely wasn't in the professional game 30 years ago i was born 30 years ago but around that time frame you know did we did we just have a different view of what society was and what the economy was and where we were and you know things are changing now and that to me with the de novo movement of new credit unions is just that there's this this movement hasn't been alive in the united states and north america for over 100 years for no reason you know we've kept evolving we've kept up to speed and our history shows that in legislation and our grassroots movements we've stayed up to date i just think over the last 10 years uh, our decade has just totally expanded even further, and uh, we don't know where we are as a society. But what we can't do is just stop. You know, yeah. we gotta yeah. keep going. Yeah, and I think you do have uh, somebody was. I think I forget who it was. I forget where I saw this, but uh, millennials right now, and millennials and the following generation. I think Generation Z. I keep losing mm-hmm. track of who's which generation, but millennials and their younger brothers and sisters have lived through, um, have lived through just several extreme economic shocks. I mean, you've got COVID and then you've got the 2008, that whole mess. Um, right. you know, they've lived through all these once in a lifetime shocks. So a message of financial inclusivity 
really makes a lot of sense. I think it does too. And I'm glad you bring up the, uh, you know, the millennial generation and Gen Z is because it's, it's such a powerful generation sets that are back to back. They're, they're just, how do I like to put it? Gen Z is like a dangerous generation. And I don't mean that negatively. (laughs) <laughs> they're gonna hold you accountable. They're yeah. gonna, you know, there's they just don't care. Um, and the way I look at it is like we can combat that or we can welcome it. And here I'm becoming that age of a young professional where I'm like, I only got 10 more years to be a young professional. Then when I turn 40, am I gonna be looking at the generation under me and <laughs> you know, be like, oh, these kids don't know what they're doing? But I'm that kid. I'm that kid that somebody was like, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what it takes. You don't know. Nobody ever has. We took the experience and the people around us and we worked as a cooperative to learn it and to take it to the next level. And the generation below me, they're 100%. You know, we have to get people excited about credit unions because I, I fear that if we don't ignite our younger generations, we will go away that if we do not embrace the societal trends that are happening in those generations, we will 100% go away. We will die out with the generations that are on their way out as well. Yeah. Ooh, that's a soapbox for me. Sorry. <laughs> hey, that's what we're here for. <laughs> Get on that soapbox. Yeah. And, and this is great because this is a place I didn't really expect to go when we were talking, but yeah, it's absolutely, <laughs> it's, you know, it's kind of been one of our passion projects too, is like, yeah, you've got to be, and that's, yeah, that is the thing, you know, they have, well, not they, you and people your age and younger, <laughs> um, they have built in spam detectors, you know, BS doesn't fly. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things like that, you know, you have to, uh, authenticity is kind of the most valued thing. Um, and a very, I mean, we've, we've had, um, you know, back in the sixties, we had social awareness and so forth, but nothing like we have now people have lived through, people have lived through some, some just horrible stuff and we're still living through it. And I think there, I think that this, it's to a higher degree than people, than older people like me can really get their minds around. Like climate change is the number one issue very consistently when younger people are surveyed, um, you know, and that affects absolutely everything on the planet, um, you know, and kind of related to that is one of the things, um, one of the things I think that, that, that comes up, you know, where you see uh, when you talk to credit unions leadership is they're really afraid to, to, they're really afraid they're going to step in a big pile of politics somewhere, you know, and something like that. I mean, that to me, that, that fear seems really, um, you know, oh, we're going to get a negative reaction if we talk about pride day or we do this or that and the other. Um to me, it's, it's always seemed really overblown. Like, you know, what backlash, you know, where is it? Or is it from anybody you really care about? You know, what, (laughs) you know, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I agree with you. And I think that it's kind of like that thing, uh, that, that saying that says, um, 
it's like a conversation between a CEO and a CFO. And he said, what happens if we um, invest in our people and they stay? What happens if we don't invest in them? You know, what's, what's going to happen? That's like the, mm-hmm. the people that you're afraid of making mad from taking a societal stance mm-hmm. is so low comparative to the number of people that you could have walk in the door because Mm -hmm. it's a place of welcome. And, you know, I've definitely heard um, within my career as well, you know, we don't, we don't um, advocate for LGBT issues because that's a social issue. It's not a credit union issue. Um, We don't advocate for Black Lives Matter because it's a social issue. It's not a credit union issue. And I always counter with veteran affairs. It's a social issue. It's not a credit union issue. Um, that's not always met very warm and welcoming. But no. <laughs> if you think about the the broad array of, array of diversity and societal groups to be inclusive and who we want to serve, yeah. veterans are always at the top of the list. And it's interesting because if you were to dissect veterans or faith-based organizations down even further, you're going to find people of color, LGBT individuals, um, <laughs> yeah. all within there. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what we're doing, you know, and and in this discussion earlier this summer, I actually was like, what is in the Federal Credit Union Act? What is the language? What is truly the language that's in there? Is there anything that says that it has to be the middle age, um, average age of member middle 47 years old? No, I went and looked. It's people who are poor. I understand that that's also not a delicate way to describe individuals. It's not politically correct, but it's been a national statistic for the last four years, right? That mm-hmm. only 54% of the average American can save for an emergency. How have we not bettered that? Where we were really proud to boast that statistic and be like, oh my gosh, we need to do a better job, but it's been how long? And I don't think that that's gotten any better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's a surge in deposits this last year for this, you know, Reasons, reasons. Uh, (laughs) We'll go over that again. But yeah, yeah, that financial health thing. It's like, oh, well, we've got some financial education materials on our website about, you know, investing for retirement. No, no, no. This is, you know, how to put $20 in every pay period and how to keep it there and how to, you know, what, you know, that there, there, yeah, there, there can be uh, at a lot of places. And again, you know, there's that kind of that, that real reluctance to really like open your eyes. This is, you know, this is, this is a problem and this is what we were put here to do. You know, uh, mm-hmm. nobody wants to talk about climate change, um, healthcare, yep. healthcare is a huge financial issue. Uh, it's the biggest cause of bankruptcy by far. And, um, there's a lot of reluctance to even talk about it, you know, and, and that's right. kind of, you know, uh, in your financial planning, even, you know, there's, oh, we can't talk about deductibles. We can't talk about why is this system so messed up? Um, you know, why don't we have hospitals that work like credit unions? I'm not sure. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, that's, yeah. So yeah, that, that kind of, there, there's a lot of issues where there's reluctance to, to touch on an issue. And it's like, no, there's no separation. Mm-hmm. Society is credit unions and vice versa. You know, they, right. they are the right, the right place to talk about this stuff. I've talked about de novo credit unions because this has been really interesting and of inclusivity. What other aspects of inclusivity need to, you know, we talked about 
you know, uh, societal issues and so forth, you know, and these are things that can happen at established credit unions and at new credit unions and so forth. Um, you know, what are some other corners of this that you've been talking about lately? Um, th that is a wonderful question. And I would be remiss if I didn't answer this with, uh, you know, we talk about grassroots efforts and in some of our most recent conversations, um, as Denise calls it, our Genova support group, um, you know, we talk a lot about the charter process, raising capital, gaining sponsors, um, having a, an accurate pro forma, having the right support around us. Um, and it really wasn't until I saw some legislation roughly a month ago um, of uh, Congresswoman AOC introducing um, a public banking bill. And it really caught my interest because I, I followed a little bit how the ACLU was pushing to get more public financial institutions in underserved communities where th their financial financial institution deserts essentially. And um, long story short, what struck the chord with seeing all of this was like, there has to be a level of advocacy that happens in the DeNovo arena. Yes, we can get really excited about starting a new credit union and making that process easier and building a, a hub and a clubhouse of resources for individuals to share these, but we really won't make progress if we are also not taking the steps to build those relationships on Capitol Hill. Um, so that's a step in our process. I mean, we're pretty focused on, you know, getting getting the resources that we need so we can all build a, a smooth path as smooth as it can be to charter a new credit union mm -hmm. but it is still something that you see um, and luckily CUNA has put out support for a house bill that will support new credit unions and that's wonderful that is a step but we definitely need more behind it and I think as we this continues to grow and get even more um progressive, I suppose, we're really going to need to ignite the consumers. We are really going to really need to bring in the consumer base to, to have buy-in to this. And I, I express a word of caution, too, to our credit union spaces that we have to continue to be cooperative about this, is that new credit unions are not coming in uh, for a legislative battle by any means. We're on the same team. Um, and mm -hmm. In turn with that, I think when we look at uh, some community banks and banking uh, legislation that's out there that maybe maybe we should look at who's at the root of it, right? The consumer and get these people ignited about it. And, um, you know, take that step to just show that there's an institution that cares about you and that wants to represent you. And everybody wants to build wealth. Everybody wants to. They want to build their own and they want to be comfortable and um, have a nice life. So why don't we build this tool to where the members actually get the say? We are being inclusive by bringing them to the table and not only to the table, we're letting them build it. We're letting them pick their seat. We're letting these people choose how this financial institution is truly gonna serve them. And I only see that getting better and helping credit unions be more inclusive. Uh, because sometimes I think when, when we argue or when I myself argue that, well, you got a big bank down the street that's uh, showing up for pride. 
that what that does is only rub salt in the credit union's wound even more, <laughs> right? Of just like, uh, I don't even want to be compared to them. But if we're to say, look at what credit unions are doing. We're not just rainbow washing during Pride Month. We are legitimately encouraging and supporting America's credit unions to stand up for these individuals. I think that when we can do that and see that there's literally no threat here across the board, there's no competition, we're in this together, that we definitely can can go further and you know not to to, I'm not paid to plug uh, International Credit Union Day but I think that the theme that I saw recently I actually emailed Denise and was like is this not perfect for de novos is building better financial health we're building financial inclusion for these communities regardless of if you're an existing natural person credit union or a startup you know you don't have churches that are saying there's already a Presbyterian down the street we don't need another one we can coexist. We just got to make sure that we do it the right way. Excellent points. Yeah. Yeah. There, again, it's a, it's a cooperation, coopetition model, you know, yeah. even credit unions that really are, you know, big slugging it out competitors in a town can still coexist and cooperate and, and, and so forth. I mean, it's not a, it, it, it's a, that's it, one of the reasons I've been in this business, you know, since, since I graduated college, you know, it's like, wow. Yeah. That, that, and, one and one one last question I had is one of the things I think I think the time is right uh, that makes this time maybe a little righter uh, is um, technology. Um, I don't know. I know. I know there have been some really. I know there have been some efforts around. Um, um, you know, standard operations and so forth like that. Um, is there such a thing as a credit union in a box, you know, where you can get an open source, you know, you can download it like Linux, put it on your computer and you're running a credit union, you know, or is that an, you know, that seems like one of those obstacles that's that, that should be, <laughs> you know, not everybody can see me, but I'm kind of smirking here. <laughs> yeah. Being in software implementations now, you know, my whole brain blew up like seeing how we do this and credit union in a box is something that being an an idea person myself yes I've definitely sat here and been like if we got a list of 100 new credit unions they need a box like you know to start with and and it's got to be this this platform that is able to do whatever it wants and Mm -hmm. I'm glad you brought up technology because the same thing about policy when we're talking about, uh, you know, we hear a lot, oh, you can start this credit union, but but you're going to be limited on what you can serve. And you're going to be limited on on the services, excuse me, the services that you can offer and, and what you can do. And I think that this is a great time for these new credit unions and for credit union pioneers and ideators and innovators to sit down and be like, well, what else can we do? Because there's got to be more than just savings and loans. There's so many different other components. (laughs) So what can you do? And I truly think that a core can drive the service culture of your credit union, of how you operate business, the types of integrations that you bring into the platform to allow your members to have the best possible experience. But beyond that, so that way the individuals who are processing the work on a daily basis can do it efficiently and get the job done 
and, and by no means to minimize the amount of, of job opportunities or credit union employees, but mm-hmm. small credit unions aren't going to be able to be like, I'm, I want to be a billion dollars right off the bat and have a staff of 500. It's not realistic. That's one thing I will say is probably never going to happen. Um, but you could have a credit union that's got a board of directors and one person, two people who are in the credit union space who do want to make this their job. Let's find that software that's totally easy accessible. So um, again, definitely uh, all thoughts, views expressed are my own, not related to what I do in my day job. But uh, (laughs) yeah, I do definitely sit here now being in the tech world going, there has got to be something that we can write and create to to be an opportunity for these folks. So I guess with that, uh, you know, uh, in this mighty group with Denise, anything's possible. She's, she's the amazing Denise Wymore. (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, when I was talking to, I was talking to Denise, this, the, the, the rate of name dropping uh, was (laughs) phenomenal. I was trying to write down people's names, you know, and I got lost. (laughs) She She knows everybody. I've been everywhere. And, and back to, you know, back to the, the moment being right. Another thing I think actually feeds uh, the viability uh, or, you know, that this, this can actually happen and work is that from what I'm seeing, you know, people are kind of, they're, they're, we're getting closer to that Lego world where people stick together the financial life they want. Um, you know, everybody's panicked about fintechs and I hate the word fintech, but uh, they're, <laughs> You know, they're like, oh, we're, we're doing this with, uh, you know, I'm using Cash App for this. I'm using my credit union for this. I'm using, you know, we got our car loan from CarMax, you know, and so forth and so on. But that actually, that's kind of one of your points is you don't have to launch with everything and the kitchen sink. Mm-hmm. Um, you can launch with like, you know, like your differentiator can be that idea, that, that ideal, that, uh, that passion that somebody wants to support, you know, and technology makes it pretty easy to move things. It makes it pretty easy. You know, I could easily decide I want to support this credit union. I really believe in what they're doing. I could open an account there. I could switch my direct deposit, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and you know, it's like, Hey, do you guys want my, you know, but if they don't want to run a credit card program, because that's a pain in the butt, uh, then my credit card can stay where, you know, things like that. So yeah. I, I, th- I think technology kind of enables that. Uh, it gives people more freedom, but it also gives more freedom. You don't have to be soup to nuts right off the bat. Yeah, definitely. And I did love your point about uh, the, the core can enable the culture. Um, you know, we build a lot of credit union websites. And so we're, you know, we're, we're talking with and integrating with, online banking, things like that. And mm-hmm. the thing I've always gotten tired, you know, and, but also we do a lot of marketing. And so I'm talking about new products and product. Oh, well, our computer can't do that. Or computer says, no, it's like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You gotta be able to, I think that that is a barrier, you know, some folks learn of something new that's out there and, um, or working with, with folks that, they they do a certain process a certain way because yeah. of how that had to be done um but that's kind of what's fun with it right is being like well what what's new <laughs> how can we make this different yeah 
yeah yeah let's not what if we're going to blow it up and start over what would we do let's do that you know it's, yeah. it, that's a great mental tool for figuring out strategies is you know okay if you're without all that well dan i think we're cool. uh, a good amount of time uh, i don't want to this has been this has been amazing yeah, we've gone places i didn't know we would go <laughs> I've learned I love it. I, I would go. I've learned things <laughs> I didn't know I would learn. One thing I'll go ahead and uh, go go ahead and plug for you is um, you can find Dan and Madame Nymphadora at madamnymphadora.com or if you just Google Credit Union Drag Queen, you're you're going to get there. Yeah, you'll find her. <laughs> I was surprised honestly when I was googling. Yeah. Her, I was like, oh my god, she's right there. Yeah, and. You know, and maybe, maybe in a maybe in a year or two, Madame Nymphadora will have a whole uh, a, a crew, or a, wouldn't that be yes. awesome? Oh my gosh, it would be so amazing! And you'll be so confused, you know, Madame, <laughs> Madame, you know, she's the redhead in front. Anyway, the uh, <laughs> um, and uh, and again, look for the woke ass people podcast. It's awesome. It's hilarious. There's been some great guests. Uh, and I noticed under events that Madame Nymphadora is going to be running a town hall in De Novo Credit Unions on International Credit Union Day. And there's a sign up form on your website. So please check that. Is, um, and is there anything else that you wanted to plug or have I already? No, I think you got it. I think you got it. The uh, De Novo Credit Union Town Hall is going to be hosted by Denise and myself. Oh, excuse me, Denise and Madame Nymphadora. Um, <laughs> so yeah, make sure you head to the website, sign up and um, stay tuned. It's going to be a really exciting conversation. Yeah. And uh, and like I said, Dan, I cannot thank you enough. This has been a great, uh, you're, you're sharing your time and your expertise and your experience uh, and, and getting me educated. And hopefully we can, can get some other people educated. Um you can find me and Ideas Incorporated at uh, our website and our blog at cuideas.com. That's c-u-i-d-i-z.com. I know we had to spell it weird. And <laughs> if anyone has feedback or good ideas of your own, or if you're interested in uh, participating, uh, all my contact info is on the website. And uh, I'm easy to find with Google as well. So I thank everyone for your time with good ideas. Dan, I thank you for your time. Thank and you. let's all get out there and do good with good work. Amen.